Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Wagella, and, well, actually, I'm here alone today. Um, wasn't actually planning on doing an episode this week. Uh, had a long weekend, wasn't really feeling it Monday. Definitely could not have drank three beers after the amount of beer I drank this weekend. Um, we had, uh, I did a different podcast called the Booty Bowl Podcast, which is about my fantasy football league on Friday. And then I had my future sister-in-law's going away party here, and I participated too much in that, uh, drinking-wise. Then, of course, was the my fantasy football, the Booty Bowl. We had our draft, our live draft, which was a lot of fun, a bunch of fun this week. And thanks for everyone that came out, and thanks uh, to all the members in my fantasy football league for assuring me that I have the worst team and I can't wait to just prove them all wrong and win the league this year. But um, the reason I am doing this by myself is because I didn't ask anyone and I just was thinking about everything that w- that was going on this week. And I had I have to talk about some stuff. So I'm going to do uh, probably a shorter episode than normal this week, just by myself, go through the main stuff that's going on in sports, entertainment, and of course, politics. And for it, I'm going to be drinking this beer by Founders called Mosaic Promise, a single hop ale. Uh, not sure what that means, but let's open it up and try it out. All right, um, I can't really tell that it only has one hop, but uh, it's not bad. Tastes good. On the cover, it's got what looks like uh, almost a mermaid, but not really a mermaid carrying wheat with red hair flowing in the wind. Um, But yeah, uh, we haven't done Founders in a while, I think, so it's good to get them back. Um, We'll be drinking this over the course of each topic, even though it says beer number one, two, and three. This is the only beer. And I'll be sure to correct that as we go on. Beer number one, sport. All right. So what happened right after our last episode of the Split Six podcast is that there was a trade for Kyrie Irving, finally. Um, The starting point guard from the Cleveland Cavaliers has been traded to Boston for... uh, Isaiah Thomas and Jamison Crowder and I think someone else, along with their first-round pick from the Nets next year, which is certain to be uh, a a lottery pick because the Nets are not very good. Um, But I guess, as what I'm reading right now, is that this trade could fall through due to Isaiah Thomas's hip. Apparently... Uh, he might not play for the start of the season, and you know they don't really know how long. I mean, it's kind of strange that Boston would be this willing to get rid of somebody who, especially in that town, is like highly regarded because of how good he played for them last year. Um, this is a quote from uh, Danny Ainge, their general manager, uh, when he was asked about uh, what's up and why Thomas is basically about Thomas's health. He says, "Um." I don't, you know, it's, um, he said about whether the injury figured into their decision to trade Thomas, there's going to be probably a little bit of a delay for Isaiah as he starts the season this year, but, um, I think that Isaiah should be fine and healthy as the season goes along. Sounds a little, uh, discouraging, especially for the Cavaliers, 
who traded away Kyrie Irving, one of the best point guards in this league. Not the best, but he's got that killer instinct, and when the game is on the line, he is someone you can definitely count on. Uh, I really like Kyrie Irving. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, I don't know why he wanted to leave the best player in the NBA. Um, I think they had a better chance of winning at Cleveland. Uh, they just they obviously needed someone else because, I mean, I don't really know how you're going to beat Golden State this year. I mean, even in Boston, assuming this trade goes through, they have Kyrie Irving, uh, Gordon Hayward, and Al Horford. Still, that's not enough, and it's far from enough to beat Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and that solid bench that uh, Golden State has. But um, this trade makes sense for both teams. Um, the if, if Kyrie Kyrie demanded a trade, so you know you got you got to get him out of Cleveland, or else it's just going to be big drama fest for the whole year. Um, and you got Isaiah Thomas in return, who is no chump. He's not as good as Kyrie Irving as point guard. He's he's pretty small, but he's talented, and uh, he, he'll make the absence of Kyrie less uh, less of a big deal. And you got the first round pick, which could be a lottery pick, which you know could, that means it could end up being number one overall from the Celtics, which was originally from the Nets. And that gives you more insurance if LeBron does indeed leave next year, like a lot of people think he's going to. Now, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's really going to, but I would say the odds are greater that he leaves. But I think factoring to his decision is the fact that he already left once. And I don't know if that's the kind of legacy he wants to leave. Also, uh, well, I guess actually, now, now that point's stupid, um, but <laughs> uh, I was going to say, where are you going to go to beat the the Golden State Warriors? And I guess there's a few places, but, you know, I don't know. Everyone thinks he, he's going to go to L.A. with uh, Lonzo Ball and uh, that Paul George is going to meet him there. But I, even if he does that, I still don't think that's enough to beat the Warriors with the, or the current state, especially if Kevin Durant keeps taking pay cuts to keep all these players with him, you know. I don't know. Golden State Warriors are probably going to win forever. Uh, but we will see. I do like I do love Steph Curry, but I I I like parity in uh, the leagues cuz that's more fun to watch. When there's already a predetermined outcome, that is no fun. But moving on. Um big news in the NFL this week especially for us uh Detroit Lions fans. We signed Matthew Stafford to uh a new contract, extending him for five years, paying him at $27 million a year, I believe. And uh, it does make him the highest played, highest paid player in NFL history, which um, a lot of people have an issue with. But I'm on the camp that we should have paid him, and we actually got a discount from what he could have. He could have waited, milked us for more, and, you know, demanded to be paid. Like, imagine if he would have waited until... Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers got paid, you know, by way of uh, just getting franchised. We'd be paying him probably like north of $30 million a year is what he could have got. But he decided that he doesn't want this to be a distraction for the team, and he wants to be here, which uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, I'm really happy that he does. Uh, the Lions are probably one of the least desirable spots for a player to be in the league but you know 
at least we're not uh, Jacksonville. Um, but the reason we're not Jacksonville is because of Matthew Stafford. He's the uh, only reason we are like even relevant in this league. Um, he's the reason we've made the playoffs uh, three three times since he's been here. I, I know he's been here for a while, and that's that's not enough. But you want to know the real reason why we're not NFC the top of the NFC North? It's not because of Stafford. It's because of Aaron Rodgers. If Stafford, imagine if Stafford was in like I don't know the AFC South, where the only reason Andrew Lux won the division a bunch of times is because he's the only quarterback there, you know, or at least has been. Marcus Mariota might be pretty good, but you know they have Bortles and I guess Deshaun Watson now. But. You know, to everyone that thinks that Stafford shouldn't have been signed and we should have just waited, I think that's stupid. We're saving money, at least with these next two years with the franchise tag. If That, that would have been our other option. You know we're not just going to let him walk. We've never had a quarterback like this before, which I know is not the best argument. But this, if you've seen this guy play, he can make any throw on the field. Um He's got to work on his mechanics, but they've been getting better. And especially ever since we put Jim Bob Cooter as our offensive coordinator, Stafford has been much improved, vastly improved, and uh, we've won more games than we've lost. And, you know, last year he, he set the record for the most comeback wins in a season. And I know the counterargument to this is that he has, I believe, a 5-46 and 46 record against winning teams. First of all, Football is amongst like all sports, like the biggest team sport there is. I know that quarterback is the one position that can ch- change the uh, the sides, and like you know, Aaron Rodgers is solely responsible for a lot of his wins. I get that. You know, just because Stafford's not Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean that Stafford is a bad quarterback or doesn't deserve to be paid like this. You know, of course, he he doesn't deserve to be paid the highest uh, QB salary in the league. But here's the thing. Different quarterbacks are going to be paid more than him. I don't know. It could be in the next couple of days. You know, it, it, at the very latest, next year, when Matt Ryan's going to be a free agent, he's going to get a new deal. He's going to make more than Stafford. I know, Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl. Whatever. People were saying the same things about Matt Ryan when he got his last contract or or a few years ago when the Falcons couldn't make the playoffs. Kirk Cousins is going to go out and be a free agent next year and get signed to like at least a, at least the same contract as Stafford, but someone's going to have to overpay for him because there's a premium on quarterbacks. And you've got to have a quarterback to win in this league, or you've got to have a Denver Broncos-style defense, which takes years to build and is not a lot of fun to watch in the build-up to it. You know, and they also they got, they got Peyton Manning, you know, even if his arm did fall apart, he's still not the kind of quarterback that's going out there and making mistakes. You know, he knows what he's doing just because he can't do it. He still knows what he's doing. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks ever play the game. Stafford's got to get better, and I think he will. He's only 29. This is the prime prime of his career, physically wise. You know, I think you come into your physical prime around 28, 20, 27, 28, 29. You know, and he's got five more years left until. His body might start breaking down. I'm sure he doesn't eat as healthy as Tom Brady does because that's not the kind of person he is. But uh, 
you know, these next five years under Bob Quinn and Matthew Stafford, I can't see, I can't see this not being a really good thing for the Detroit Lions. Um, Bob Quinn has shown promise so far in his first two drafts and his free agent free agent signings. So, I mean, we'll see. I guess. I think. Do I think that we will go to a Super Bowl? Now that's a big question. I don't know. Um, we still have Aaron Rodgers in this division. Um, I think that Bob Quinn can field a better team than the Packers. And, you know, and there's always variables, you know. But there's no reason we can't, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is younger than Stafford. He'll retire. Then, you know, Stafford should be the best quarterback in the NFC North. But that's, that's not even really the point. Point is that we can the Stafford. If if Joe Flacco can win a Super Bowl, Stafford can win a Super Bowl. I know Joe Flacco didn't have the current contract he has, and that's one of the big arguments: is is this contract going to be too much to build a team around him? But teams are built through the draft, and if you draft a player, you get four to five years of them before you have to pay them. So you know, I think next year is a really good shot for us to go deep into the playoffs. This year, I'm less hopeful because. Travis Swanson is down. We're starting Greg Robinson at our left tackle position, and uh, he has not been good, even though he was drafted second overall by the Rams a few years ago. But throughout his career, he hasn't been good. And I think we still need one more, one more offensive player, as in like a bigger receiver. We'll see about Sammy Watkins coming here next year. It's kind of my hope, but it's probably a pipe dream. And, you know, in our defense, just got carved up by the Patriots on – Preseason football, though it was just preseason football, it looked so easy for Tom Brady, who I should say is the best quarterback alive. So I would say that this was a great move by the Lions. You got a little bit of a discount because Stafford could have held out for more. You don't have to worry about this anymore. We won't talk about this again after this week. Um, And yeah, forward down the field, baby. But in in other NFL news... um, uh, the Steelers, or well, I guess the Browns, they cut their quarter, cornerback, Joe Hayden. Um, and then today the Steelers just signed him for three years. And the Steelers also tra- traded for a, a tight end a few days ago. I'm not, I forget who it was. But it sure is shaping up to seem like, in the AFC at least, it's just, this is going to come down to the Patriots against the Steelers again, and the Steelers are just trying to match the Patriots, whatever they do. I mean, this is probably going to be Ben Rattlesberger's last year because he already was pondering retirement uh, earlier in the offseason. So just like the... I don't, I don't know. I, I think that they'll probably meet in the AFC Championship. I mean, they've got the two best rosters, I believe. I mean, I don't really... Patriots roster doesn't seem that good, but they do have Brandon Cooks now. They do have the best quarterback. They do have the best. Never mind. What am I talking about? But the Steelers have the best running back and the best receiver in the league. Whose defense is better? I'm not sure. Joe Hayden does make the Steelers better. It's a question of whether he can stay healthy. And it's also a question of whether the Patriots are physically beatable. Last year, Tom Brady playing quarterback, they lost one game. And that's all that 
there there are now two seasons where Tom Brady has lost only one game. The one season was the game he lost was in the Super Bowl against the Giants where David Tyree made the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. But Tom Brady, obviously the greatest player of all time, just when will that drop off? The way he treats his body, the way he eats is a uh makes him that way and I don't know. He this guy could still dominate the league for like 5 more years and you know, we'll we'll see about that. But um, that's pretty much it for news. The, I mean, there's a lot more, but not more that I really want to comment on. <laughs> um, so we are going to move on to our next topic. Beer number two, entertainment. It's actually still beer number one. Um, it's kind of hard to drink while I'm the only one talking, I've just realized. And I also feel like I'm slightly out of breath from just talking over and over again to myself essentially and the 20 people that listen to this podcast i'm talking to you patrick mahar um but so for entertainment game of thrones had its season finale of season seven um what did you guys think about it i thought that uh it was good it was a really good episode it was the longest of the series I have a few complaints, but we'll get to those. Spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about everything in detail that's happened. Starts off with the, um, how the trailer for this episode started off with everyone going to the dragon pit, where the uh, Targaryens used to keep their dragons back when they ruled cool King's Landing. And, you know, everyone's uh, walking up there to meet there. Some cool reunions, like... Brienne and Sandor Clegane and Podrick and Tyrion just having their little dialogues and stuff that I used to love about Game of Thrones. Uh, it's really fun to see everybody get back together and start acting, which I think we're going to see a lot more going forward since you know there's not that many people left and the stories are converging. Um, but they all get there. Cersei gets there with Jaime and Kyburn and Euron is also there. Uh, then Jon Snow. Um, everyone, everyone's there except for Daenerys, who then later decides to fly in on a dragon, of course, because that's what she does, because that's not super intimidating and whatever. But they get there, they show Cersei the walker. Uh, well, not the walker, the dead guy. White walkers, I think, or something else. In the books, I think they call these people the others. But... Uh, they show Cersei. Cersei is scared because that white, that, oh man, that dead guy or white walk or whatever it was, it was really scary and really well done. Um, but let's talk about that whole plan. Uh, to go get a white walker or dead guy, whatever we're going to call it, I'm just going to call him a white walker from now on. Uh, it's, it's such a stupid plan, especially because the outcome of this is it doesn't work. But, man, <laughs> I think that if you have a bunch of people telling Cersei that these are, things are dead, unless you're bringing her back someone that is someone she knows and loves, this plan is not going to work. Um, but, you know, whatever, they tried. Uh, Cersei wants to agree, but wants uh, Jon Snow, the King of the North, to declare that he will not be bringing his armies back down after they all agree to fight up in the north 
against the White Walkers because she wants to keep her place. But a fun part of this episode was when Tyrion has to go and talk to Cersei by himself because he's you know he's so brave after Cersei denies the denies everybody uh, the ceasefire that they were hoping for. But what I don't understand is why don't why don't they just kill Cersei right there? Um, I don't think anyone's that loyal to her. Just take over Cersei real quick and take the kingdom and then move everybody north. You know, you're fucking Daenerys Targaryen. They know you have a claim to the throne. You also are with Jon Snow, King of the North. I don't think the common folk and the armies are going to want to all be burned by dragons like you did to the Tarleys. So, you know, flaw flaw in the uh, writing. But also, you know, this is not how it's going to happen in the books. I can guarantee it if the books ever come out. Because this this is not how George writes. He writes pretty flawlessly. And I, I don't want to say flawlessly, but his plot lines make more sense in the books than they do in the show. But regardless. Then Tyrion goes to meet with Cersei, and they talk, and, you know... Makes it kind of seem like he almost is going to die by the mountain because, you know, Cersei could have ordered him to kill him at any time. But then apparently uh, Tyrion finds out that Cersei's pregnant, which I don't know. I don't I don't think it makes sense that she's pregnant. Um, I think she's using it as some kind of a tactic to get people to believe her, which I think a lot of people agree with that. Because just because of what the witch that she met earlier in the show in the book that uh, said that all of her children would die. Well, I don't know if it's specified how many children, but if she is pregnant, this child is not going to survive. Maybe it dies when Jamie kills her, like everyone thinks, but I think it's going to be Euron. You know, part of the reason that I was disappointed in this episode, a little bit, not I mean, I'm not disappointed because it was a good episode, but um, I just really thought Daenerys was going to die, and I thought that would be such a cool story arc for Cersei and the rest of the show because this show has always been known as unpredictable and no one is safe. And since the beginning, we've always said the only people that are safe are Daenerys and Jon Snow because they've got their story arcs have not finished. But I think Daenerys did a lot with her story arc this season, and it could be considered finished. I mean, maybe her story is to get get us to the point where we know that there's another Targaryen that has to take over after she dies because she's got these like wild dragons now if she were to die. Maybe another Targaryen's got to take them over, but we'll get we'll get to that cuz that didn't even happen. But um moving on to some bigger points of this episode. So main deal, Cersei said she was going to march north is not going to. She's hired the Golden Company, which if you don't know what the Golden Company is, they're like a big group, a big army from across and across the sea in Essos, which is where Daenerys was for the majority of the show Game of Thrones, um, they they're like a hired mercenaries, so like they're very skilled. Um, they're going to be coming over to fight because they got all the money from Tyrell, and I guess Cersei's plan is to take back Highgarden and uh, Castle Rock, which, okay, cool. I mean, they're still going to come. I guess unless they lose to the White Walkers, but either lose or win, they're still going to come down back to you and kill you with their dragons unless they narrowly win and don't have many forces left. I guess then that's that's the way Cersei wins this war, which 
seems slightly suicidal to me because the chance without them that the White Walkers beat them is a lot, especially now that the White Walkers have that crazy dragon, which we'll talk about in a second. But biggest thing that happened in this show on the season finale of season seven of Game of Thrones was that we found out that Jon Snow was indeed a Targaryen. But the biggest reveal, I guess, was well, we already. If you're a fan of the books, or if you even read anything online, you already knew that um, R plus L equals J, which is Rhaegar plus Lyanna equals John. Maybe you didn't catch the hint from Gilly earlier, where Prince Ragger was annulled and remarried the same day, which just means that Jon Snow is actually not a bastard, and he is actually a Targaryen. I think the biggest thing was that John is not John. His name is actually Aegon Targaryen, which is strange because um, uh, Rhaegar already had two children, at least in the books, I think in the show too, that were killed after uh, Jaime killed the king because uh, he's the king slayer, Ares Targaryen, the Mad King, and they like sacked the city with Robert's army. Um, but his, I think his firstborn son was named Aegon, so he just has, Rhaegar just named two of his sons Aegon, like, whatever, let's just, you know, the first one died, let's name the second one Aegon too. But I think that he knew that uh, Lyanna would have been pregnant before those children died, so he just would have told her that he wanted two sons named Aegon? Because... I don't know. I think that's just more of a lip service, and I don't think his name's going to be Aegon Targaryen in the books. <laughs> but from now on, I'm going to be calling Jon Snow Aegon Targaryen, since that is his name. That's what Bran wants him to be called. Which, by the way, have any of you guys heard the theory that Bran Stark is the Ice King? I just like was reading about it before I started talking about this, and it sounds like maybe they think that he goes back in time to try to stop the Ice King, but ends up being like absorbed into him in some way, and that's how he like knows what to do with everything, which that's really bizarre to me. But we'll get into that later, maybe, maybe in a couple of years, because apparently the next season might not come out till 2019, which is over a year away from now, which would be very sad because I'm just like waiting for this to come out and I really don't want the world to end before then, but you know with what's going on, who knows. Um, um, Then at the end of the episode, the wall is approached by the White Walkers and they have a giant dragon. Just Well, they have the dragon that they killed a few episodes ago or last episode. And they... The Night King is riding it, and it breathes breathes blue fire, and they take down the wall. It makes it look like they maybe killed Tormund and Beric Dondarrion, but I doubt it because they already like almost killed them in the in the last episode. So we'll see about that in a couple years or a year. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, that's basically what happened in Game of Thrones. I'm I'm probably forgetting some stuff, missing some things. But I just wanted to get my thoughts out there. I think this episode suffered from being too predictable. Like, this is everything. Oh, yeah, this is everything that 
everyone thought was going to happen for a long time. Like, no one actually thought that Arya and Sansa were going to, like, kill each other or fight, you know. Uh, or they just didn't like it, but, you know, eh. of course, they're not going to reunite in Winterfell and just kill one another. Um, of course, Littlefinger has to go. And that's the other big thing I missed. Littlefinger is dead. Um, the whole thing was a little corny to me where they bring in Arya and make her seem like she's going to be the one that's getting killed. And then they just all of a sudden turn and say, Peter Baelish, how do you answer for your crimes? And he's like, say what? And then, you know, eventually ends up begging for his life. Not going to happen that way in the books, guarantee it. Um, but, yeah, that was the episode. Um, yeah, uh, I don't have any other entertainment news to talk about, by myself at least, so uh, we're going to move on. Fear number three, politics. The president grabbed me. Well, um, this is not beer number three. Like I said earlier, it's still beer number one. Uh, Mosaic Promise by Founders. But for the political news section this week, I just want to give like my condolences and my thoughts out to the people of Houston and southern Texas and wherever it got hit by a hurricane. Or it might be Tropical Storm Harvey. Um, sounds like it's madness going on there. And there is over 50 inches of rainfall and there's massive flooding. People have to move. There's deaths and I can't imagine like that uh, like just your whole house like I've, I've seen videos of like fish swimming in people's homes and I can't imagine if you're someone who like relies on like a disabled person that relies on like electricity and whatnot. like I don't know this is scary stuff and I feel like it's it could rival Katrina in how bad it is. Um, it's like I, I heard today that it had more rainfall in the last couple of days than Phoenix has had in the last six years, and it's it be it's like like over a trillion tons or gallons. I don't remember. Probably gallons of water. Over a trillion gallons of water has been dumped on on them since then. I don't think it was the winds that caused the damage. It's just how long the storm lingered there. And they're just not capable of handling that. And just basically what I wanna what I wanna say is that I I mean I'm very thankful that I can't relate, but that's that's kind of the great thing about living in Michigan is that we we are not subject to these kind of natural disasters. And I'm not trying to brag or boast about it, but I think with climate change being how it is, these things are going to become more common. I'm not saying that Harvey was caused by climate change, but the flooding in this excess of water is going to be caused by climate change. And, you know, these kinds of cities that are below sea level or low to the sea level are not going to uh, be able to cope with all this. You know, they can build levees, I guess, but those levees are going to break and people are going to have to disperse and move. So, I just want to welcome everybody that uh, is displaced from this place over here to Michigan. Um, winters kind of suck, but the rest of it, you know, pretty awesome. So, everyone, if you have extra money, extra cash, go do donate to uh, 
uh, Houston and everywhere affected by Hurricane or Tropical Storm Harvey. Um, and yeah, um, another th- other thing in the news is North Korea is testing more ballistic missiles, and this time they flew one over Japan, and Japan had to issue a warning to his to its uh, people on an island, I think, to the north of Japan, and I'm not sure what it's called. This is all going off my head. I'm not looking any of this up. Um, that they needed to seek shelter and get underground because, you know, they don't, you don't know what fucking North Korea is doing. And that's scary. Um, I don't really know what to do with Korea. Like, I can't, I can't even criticize Trump for it. I can criticize Trump for making it, it probably some of the reasons this is happening is because of how Trump is acting towards it, like, based off Twitter. You know, Kim Jong-un seems like the kind of person that would also react from stuff on Twitter and social media. But I don't know. There's, like, even if, like... Even if you didn't do anything, I mean, North Korea is still running a like insane country with like people in extreme poverty situations that are like dying of hunger and people in like these kind of terrible, terrible jail cells. And you know, it, as a, in a humanitarian aspect, it kind of needs to be dealt with, but because they have nuclear weapons, you can't deal with it. And, and like I've said over and over again on this podcast, that's the reason countries want nuclear weapons is so they can do whatever the fuck they want and no one can go in and stop them. So what do we do? I'm, I have no idea. I'm pretty terrified that there's going to be some kind of a conflict and, you know, I don't think it will get nuclear instantly, but I think once North Korea is on the verge of losing, which they will be, it will get nuclear instantly at that point and I don't know people are going to die unless we have good enough missile defense systems which I don't think it's that easy and guaranteed hit to hit a missile going that fast I don't know if we have that kind of technology yet but I don't know hopefully it all gets worked out and uh, cooler heads prevail and we can work out some kind of a deal where they stop this uh, their development of the nuclear program, but I don't, I don't see that happening. Oh, all right, guys. Well, that's going to be all for me today. Um, we'll be back next week, hopefully with a different guest and with a much longer podcast. This one is uh, about a third of what we normally do. So, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, as always, thank you for splitting six with us. Make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud at Split Six Media. Like us on Facebook at Split Six Media. Follow me on Twitter at Amwagella. And you go go ahead, give me a Facebook ad. But you're probably already Facebook friends with me. All right, guys, we'll see you later.